Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, welcome to this episode of Vulnerable. I am so honored to have someone here today who means a lot to me. Um, Christopher B. Smith from the Looking Ahead program has joined us. Uh, I will let him explain his accolades, but one of the coolest things about him is that he is a licensed therapist and um, has asked me to be on the advisory board uh, you know, about six months ago. And there's so many amazing things that I want to update you guys on. And he's the perfect person to have on Vulnerable and to chat about all of the positive things that have come from the, uh, the community of advocacy and supporting child actors. Welcome to Vulnerable, Chris. <laughs> Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. I did not I did not sell your bio, so can we just talk about who you are? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. No, you got it though. So my name is Chris Smith and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I work with the Entertainment Community Fund, formerly the Actors Fund. We've been around for about 143 years, which is an incredibly long time. And I've been with Looking Ahead about nine years. And so the Looking Ahead program is a program that supports professional young performers in the industry and our goals are to help kids and families deal with those ups and downs that are very prevalent in the entertainment industry and then make those successful transitions to adulthood. So whether you want to go off and be a Tony winner or an Oscar winner, or you decide that maybe the industry is no longer for you, we want to be able to help that kid thrive in life regardless of what they do. And you're going national this year. We're going national. Yeah. So we are national. So mm -hmm. we have um, offices in LA, New York, and then the Entertainment Community Fund also has an office in Chicago. And our goal this year is really to just support kids across the country because we know that there is, there's a need and we want to be able to provide that need. And we've been doing so for the past 20 years. I can't believe this. Yeah. So Looking Ahead became um, a part of my life about nine years ago, which I guess I didn't realize this, but <laughs> we passed in the hallway. Just like briefly, like ships in the night. I right, guess. right, right. Yeah, you came in to do your documentary. Mm -hmm. I had just started. I had just started. I think I'd probably been with the organization for like, a month or so. And, you know, uh, somebody said Christy Carlson Romano was coming in to film this documentary and was like, okay, cool. You know, I think Aww. we waved. Everyone was so supportive. It literally was just, a, it was a, 
a senior thesis project in my women's leadership minor mm. at Barnard. <laughs> and it was very, I took it very seriously though, because I was 26. I had left school, you know, at like 19 to mm -hmm. do Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Mm -hmm. And I'd really kind of suffered um, mm. for a while um, in my 20s in, in Hollywood and then, and then wound up back at school. And so when I was kind of finding my voice back in um, this particular women's leadership course, mm -hmm. they said, identify your community. This mm. is a community impact project. Mm. And I had also been majoring in film. So I was mm. like, what's my community? It's film, it's child actors. <laughs> and I didn't put two and two together until that very moment. Mm. And I, I wanna say that it was originally, and it was an actor that had worked with you guys um, in a senior capacity that I heard about looking ahead. And I was like, I heard about this program. Mm. Let me reach out and see if I can do a documentary. Mm. And it just, you guys were just such an open door for me. Mm -hmm. um, Keith McNutt, who was heading the program at the time, yeah. um, you know, interviewed Sharon Liebline, mm -hmm. who had been a former casting director, right? Head of casting at Nickelodeon. Right, right. Um, and uh, who else was a part of it? You, oh. Uh, we had a lovely participant who we were just talking about. Oh my gosh. The, he, he, you were just saying, we were just mentioning um, him. Oh, Trey. Trey. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Trey. Yeah. So yeah. he was there. That's oh right. my goodness. And then who else? And then I actually had a couple friends of mine, a la Vulnerable. So this was kind mm -hmm. of like Vulnerable was launched nine years ago mm -hmm. without even realizing it. But it wow. was like a community impact project Wow. in its like nascent stages. Yeah. So, but explaining like we've explained what you do yeah let's explain the program as it stands right now sure sure and before like later i do want to come back to you for the question you said when you talked about community and realizing that young performers were your community i do want to go back to that because i'm curious do. if like you felt that it was a it was a community as you were a young performer or was that only when you were an adult kind of looking back you want my honest you i do honest okay. i do um, competitiveness runs rampant um, in yeah. the young actor community because it motivates you past rejection. Mm -hmm. So like when you're achieving at such a high level, you're not truly, most of us, I would say, I'm not gonna speak for all of us, mm -hmm. but most of us from the, from, from the people in my direct community have, have voiced their opinions on the fact that you know, you need that rejection to <laughs> motivate you, but that yeah. competition motivates you more to keep going and be a high performing kid. I just, I, it, you can't have one without the other basically. Right, right, and right. it's kind of a very toxic cycle unless you're taught with like you guys mm -hmm. kind of like do these amazing programming um, mm -hmm. like for different ages that kind of help people understand that there is a community that exists. Yeah. But no, no, basically yeah. what I'm trying to say is without programs like yours left to our own devices, even within acting classes where you would think that kids sure. would be, there's still a hierarchy. <laughs> I went to a really great school in New York City, a professional children's school, but I laugh because the popular kid was Scarlett Johansson. Oh, the popular okay. kid was mm -hmm. the most famous person. Right, right. And so it was like, even in any arts community, the person that is achieving the most mm -hmm. tends to be like, it's a pecking order. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's interesting. And that's something that we see a lot too. And I guess this is just really um, a part of high performance of with any field, like you might be lumped together, but there's just such that sense of competition. And so our program, like that's one of our tenants, while everybody is a professional young performer, child actor, dancer, whatnot, we ask that they don't talk about the business when they're with us. Mm. So, (laughs) you know, we want to know about how much you love Thai food or your love of baseball or basketball and just to really to just be you. And I found that, like, it can be very hard for child actors, like oftentimes when we meet them, sometimes they'll say, like, "Okay, this is what I've been on and I've done this and I've done that. And it's like, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm nine years old. <laughs> right. The very buttoned up thing. And we get it. You know, we get it. Yeah. Uh, adults do that as well. But mm-hmm. like, we really want kids to be able to like, just, just set that down and take off that, that mask, that cape. mask <laughs> if you will, sure. mask, if you will. It's like, you don't always have to be on. And I think that's one of the things that we're really trying to do is just to allow people a space where they don't have to be on. Cause mm-hmm. all of us are on in different ways of our lives, but we know how tiring that can be. So in our community, we want you to come to our events, come to our pizza party or bowling yeah. and just be Christy or just be Chris and just hang out and just talk instead of talking about the roles that we're trying to book. It really has such a clubhouse vibe. Yeah. Um, I, I remember even nine years ago, you guys welcomed me into your like, you, you had a certain area that I was permitted <laughs> yeah. to film. And like, right. I just remember walking through and I remember actually, while I still was living here, right after uh, I moved back, I got, uh, you know, I got tested, my background mm-hmm. testing mm-hmm. and, or background checking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, sign me up, whatever I need to do, just please check me, check me. And um, and then I remember getting my looking ahead shirt. <laughs> and there was a do you couple- still have it? I volunteered, I think one time I showed up to an event okay. and then things got complicated. I think I got pre- ended up getting pregnant. And so it was like, I, I felt like it was out of reach and I felt like I was getting more and more disconnected from the program, but I really always remembered it. Yeah. And then it came back into my life. Yeah. And I was just so- proud of you being the person that's talking to me (laughs) and now more and more i'm just i just i've fallen back in love with it i've i've mentioned looking ahead over the years even when i wasn't like you know on an advisory board but like yeah it's been sort of like my without you guys realizing it like you've been advocating for me just by existing Mm. wow (laughs) wow yeah it's been like my north star honestly Because for someone like me who didn't feel like I had, I didn't have a podcast with a community of other Mm like-minded people being like, hey, this was what I experienced too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I didn't have a clubhouse. This is basically looking ahead's clubhouse, like the adult (laughs) looking ahead. Um, But yeah, it's it's been beautiful to sit back and watch what you guys have done. So let's see. So what what are the success stories? Like, so there's Trey, right? Can you speak about yeah, Trey? Yeah. And first, let me just say, you know, I just so appreciate what you're what you're saying about us being a community and like over the years. So over these nine years where you and I really didn't have any contact, yeah. I saw little snippets and I think it was this podcast <laughs> a couple times where you mentioned us. And that was such a great feeling to know that like you are carrying on with with this work truly. And like, that's what we what we're wanting is everybody to just amplify what Looking Ahead is doing and what the Entertainment Community Fund at large is doing. So as far as our- The Actors Fund, and which is now your, the Entertainment- Entertainment Community Fund. Okay, mm-hmm. they're fantastic. Thank you. Like, yeah. um, you know, 
uh, currently we're dealing with a strike. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're in compliance with a strike and we're mm-hmm. independent and we're new media. It's very, it's a, we have a very different set of rules, at least pertaining to like this little tiny mm-hmm. little podcast thing that we're doing. But we're really, I'm really proud of that being available to the SAG, my SAG family. Mm-hmm. Um, when I didn't have money to pay my bills, I literally went to the Actors Fund and was able to pay my bills for that month because I, oh, well, to be fair, no, but to be I fair, I'd been paying into the union that. for a really long time. So no. they came, they helped me at a time when I really needed them. And that was right about the time I went back to New York and went back to school and, and all that stuff. But like, but they reset me. Do you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like they were yeah. there for me when I needed them most. Yeah. So I have a lot of love for them. And like, and like, if this is part of that and I can be part of service to that, yeah. then like, yes, absolutely sign me up. Christy, that means a lot to me. Like why I, why I giggled with that is like <laughs> the longer I've been doing this job, I hear those stories. Like, you know, I think about, we did a college tour at this, at this school and, you know, this professor is talking about us and he's saying, you know, like I came to you all to get a grant for shoes way back when or random because we have a shoe fund and we've had the shoe fund for for decades so actors can get some money to be able to support them to get a new pair of shoes mm. and we have all sorts of different funds to help people in performing arts and I often hear these stories of you know the fund really helped me I was in a really difficult time it helped me pay my rent and just keep going and for me and I think a lot of the staff it just it's it's a sense of pride knowing how far the tentacles and the reach of the program go yeah. So yeah. then what brought you to the, so you were there first and then moved over to looking ahead? No, no. So looking ahead is a part of the fund. So yes. if you figure, you know, this is the fund and looking ahead is one of the programs within the social, uh, social services department. Got it. Okay. So yeah. So I'm a social worker. And mm-hmm. so I, like I started with the fund mm-hmm. and have been with them ever since. But you're a clinical social I'm worker. I'm a clinical correct? social Which worker. Which means that yeah. you're also. So a therapist. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Cause I was like, I've told you things. <laughs> Chris and I have had some deep conversations on the phone. I've called him. Yes. On, I've literally called Chris after meetings. I'm like, I'm triggered and I need you to understand. And he has just literally been the sweetest, kindest. Like there is nobody better for this position. I, I honestly just think you were such a godsend for these kids. And I'm so grateful. So a lot Thank of people you. will ask me, Hey, Christy, even in comments, which I read too many of, but I, I still yeah, enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> people will be like, Christy, how do I help? Yeah. How yeah. can I help? How do I get involved? What do I do? And for the longest time, I was like, how do I address this? What can I say? A lot of times I was like, just stand by. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Myself, folks like Allison Stoner, like other people are, are, are all working to try to understand a way for everyone to, to, to coexist with a, an industry that's been around for a very long time. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? It's like, we're not gonna change everything overnight, right? but we can, we can at least, I mean like, and that's the other thing is, where what is looking ahead's position on like the current state of the Hollywood system? Ooh, that's a big question. Is that that's okay? a big question. Yeah, that's okay. okay. That's okay. You know, and and so I feel like our current state, and not talking about the strike per se, but just the current state, what we're trying to do is to connect with more industry players, actors, studios casting, um, casting directors, just everybody in the community to make sure that everyone knows about us and that they're referring kids to us. Because as I mentioned earlier, like there are 
we know that there's tons of problems and we know that people experience problems from big or small and like looking ahead as a resource there. So for example, if someone is on set and they, they experience a young performer who's having a problem like with mental health or mm -hmm. with substance abuse, mm -hmm. we can and should be that first call. Mm. And we are, we are our own separate nonprofit and we are there to support the performer. And then we also support industry professionals in the studios as well. Industry, what do you mean by that? Well, so one, one thing that we'll do is we'll do trainings for different studio providers on how to support kids. Are how you at liberty to say which? No. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, all I'll say, all I'll say is that some support us and we are really grateful for the for their support and we just want to expand the support that we get from different studios. Now, you mentioned something about awareness and it, and it is interesting that when we talk about awareness, when, you know, just fighting the algorithm mm. for people to see your content yeah. is, is, it's really kind of a, it's a minefield mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to stand for something, right, right. but you also have to pander in a certain way. Mm -hmm. You have to say things a certain way. So when I started working with Looking Ahead, I wanted to reassure everybody that was in the advisory board that like, my tone isn't just like negative and like anti-Hollywood sure, or like, what sure. it's like, you, sure. I remember when I was growing up, there was that saying and. I don't know if you remember who this was, but it's like, you have to change the system within the system. And yeah. I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, how can you expect anything to change if it was something that, you know, is on your heart and mind, if like you're not actually getting involved. Right, um, right. To try to be of service for that or understanding it intimately. Right. Like, who are the who are the helpers, right? The Obama helpers? said that. Who are the, who are the helpers? Find the helpers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think too, like as a social worker, I'm such a proponent of like how do we quantify change? Like oftentimes we're really looking at change as these big macro level shifts, but can change be just you and I interacting? or your involvement, you being on this podcast, hosting this podcast and mentioning looking ahead. And then some person who's in LA or Kansas, then is like, oh, you know, I'm a child performer. Let me find out about this program. So that's change. I'm really impressed with the people that I know are a part of the program. Yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> we haven't gotten awesome. their permission to like talk about them, but right. it's, it's, it's also too, it's that, it's that safe, there's a, we are talking about kids. We are. And we're talking about the people that are helping those kids. We are. So like there is a certain amount of confidentiality that is quite wonderful to know that that exists as a parent. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's one of the great things that I really love about just the fun, but then the program, especially that there are kids who will come to us, who will get services from us, mm -hmm. and then they'll be on set, they'll be in some movie and no one will be the wiser. No one has an idea that they came out and reached out to us. And I, I love it. It's like, we're like, you know, Batman, like oh, we're yeah. in secrecy, <laughs> you know, hiding, yeah. hiding in plain sight. Exactly. Right, exactly. Right, right. So if a kid has like an issue or a parent has an issue and they wanted to reach out to us, you know, we can offer them counseling and uh, offer their, their parents counseling. As long as, as they're well. SAG as of right now, well, right? It's not SAG. As long as they're, they're part of the program. Okay. So um, to be uh, an, a member of the program, yeah. you need to either be part of a union. So a lot of our members, most of them are SAG-AFTRA members. We do have some actors, uh, equity members. Perfect. Yeah. I started in musical theater. That's right. Yeah, so that you... was very difficult. You know, uh, I was yeah. displaced at like six and a half by, you know, I went on the road with Will Rogers Follies and yeah. there was a pecking order with the kids and the mm -hmm. understudy politics and all that stuff was like some of my first bullying experiences were 
with, you know, being, and then I was like written up for something when it was really just a behavioral issue. Yeah. So, so really, I think that, that that's wonderful that you're extending it to the musical theater kids because they need it. <laughs> we need it, I should say. I'm a part of that community. Yes, we, we, we need it. Yeah. You know, when the Looking Ahead program started in New York in mm-hmm. 2018, it was really, really helping a lot of Broadway kids and kids in theater. And that's what it's still doing. And SAG After Kids are part of it too, but there's a big focus on helping those kids in theater because exactly what you said, you're touring, you're around adults all day. Maybe uh, you're, you're around in, one other kid. You're literally in a different city every week. That part. Yeah. That part. And it's not like, you know, if you're from Pennsylvania or wherever, and then you're going to New York, it's not like you have all this time to necessarily check out all that New York has to offer. You're there to work. Mm-hmm. You're there to work, as you know. Mm-hmm. So we want to be able to like provide that support and talk about like, yes, you might be here in New York, but let's talk about the fact that your siblings are back in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. or that, you know, uh, are their partners back in Pennsylvania? And what's well, let's that talk about family? displacement because, yeah. yeah, like what's that doing to the family? I know you guys have programming where you guys actually talk to the parents um, and you have really great... Um, conversations Mm -hmm. and open dialogues with them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of the things I will say as a representative of this community (laughs) is the people that are gonna walk through Mm y'all's doors are not necessarily the people that are gonna need to hear those kinds of conversations, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) I know exactly what you're saying. Okay, so how do you- How do we get the message out to the other ones? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's about being a presence. It's just really about being a presence so people know about us. And and this mm-hmm. is with anything in life. You know, we put our service out there. There are some people who are like, this is a great service. We absolutely want to take part of it. And then other people, it is just making sure that we have a presence okay. so that they hear word of mouth. And that's a lot of it. Like a lot of word of mouth or people in casting or producing will say, hey, here's this program that could help you out. And we don't want to twist anybody's arm to come to our program or to get help. I mean, we realize like, anybody could benefit from some, from some like parental support or from support on like how to manage your emotions. And we just hope that parents and kids in particular will not wait until things are too challenging, but will reach out to us beforehand. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you're a stage parent and you're watching this, or if you know somebody who's approaching putting their child in the business, you should absolutely look into the materials that are available online at the Looking Ahead um, website. You don't even have to be union yet um, to to benefit from their resources. And they're going to have new resources all the time. Um, there, you know, just please just know that if there's nothing else you take from this <laughs> is that like, yeah. y- you should be asking questions. I say that as a parent mm-hmm. and as a, a representative of the community and, um, please, please do do the right thing and, and look into it. It's not just about the fame or even just watching this, this episode of vulnerable. It's about actively inserting yourself in the, the right kind of community for that child. It is. It is. And you know, I like, I'm not a parent. I know you're a parent, but like, I know every parent wants the best for their child. I know. That's the thing is I have a lot more compassion for my mom these days. You do. I really do. Um, you know, I talk a lot about stuff. It comes up recently, something came up and it made it the news. Mm, Okay. It was about body image and something came up about, you know, my mom, my mom ended up in page six. Okay. And um, my, uh, we're in session right now, just so you know, Chris. So, totally. yeah, exactly. Dim the lights. <laughs> Dim the lights. Bring the candle closer. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, basically, like 
my brother was really affected by it. My, 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 I'm sure my other parts of my family were too. And my mom was cool. She was like, I think you handled it good, but I don't really want my page. I don't want my picture in page six. And I'm like, but this is my truth. And like, I thought I did it. I thought I did the right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the more I've talked about some of the negatives, the more I realize I really do want to honor the positives. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of sacrifice that did take place. Yeah. Now as a parent too, right? I see just how much of that sacrifice had to come into play for everyone. Absolutely. But like, I do think it's hard to try to feel compassion for those folks when they're kind of in charge of you for the longest yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's kind of like, well, they made me do this at a certain mm-hmm. point, And then I kind of felt like I had to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're angry with them for a really long time. Yeah. But like, you don't have to just be a child actor to be angry with your parents. I mean, that's part of being a kid. To be- <laughs> <laughs> part of having a heartbeat, apparently. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so I, do, I think I'm graduating to a point now yeah. where I've talked enough about it where I can start to try to honor all of the positives. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. like, wow, she really did advocate for me to get an education yeah. and like step away. And like, you know, she really, she was limited in her financial mm-hmm. acumen, but like she did her best. Sure, and, sure, um, sure. You know, but like, yeah, I have love for stage parents now. Mm-hmm. I don't think I did always, but <laughs> I do. You know, and and I think that's part of like, that. this comes up a lot, like the stage parents or the stage mom and like, we try really hard not to demonize folks because you don't get anywhere when you demonize folks. And by and large, I think of the parents that I've worked with are really just supporting their kids. And for some of them, their kids are five and they're like, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to do that. And, and I think how many of us would, if we said, you know, I want to be a baseball player or I want to be whatever, an astronaut. And our parents said, you know what, we're going to leverage everything and we're going to really push you in this direction to achieve your goal. Like on that face value, that's a great thing. That can be a great thing that can come off as like, wow, this parent's really supportive. The Lisa Rappaport yes. survey. Yes. I was just trying to refresh myself. That yeah. was like that was like the the first document that really led to the Looking Ahead program. It was. It was. I think this was about 20, 25 years or so ago. Mm. Yeah. Way so, too long. We need wait, more. I we know. need new data. We've talked about this. New data. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Christy, like about parents, what I will say mm-hmm. is I encourage parents in the industry and just parents in general to check in with their kids about how they're doing. Is this still working for them or is it still working for the family? So just because a kid wanted to do this at 11, doesn't mean they're gonna wanna do this at 12 or 13. And so then that puts the onus on the parent to really then say like, you know, my kid is showing something else. My kid wants to play soccer or my kid has just maybe lost the the zest for acting. And it, it, it really is on the parent to then say, okay, let's talk about this. Let's shift, let's honor this. When I think about reparenting myself, because mm-hmm. with this millennial parenting, gentle parenting kind of wave, the the concept is it stops with me. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, you know, when I get angry with my kids, I'm dysregulated. And mm-hmm. it's like, that's a term I never grew up understanding, right? Nobody did. No, right? no, we're from the 80s. And Nobody I'm like, knows that. yeah, it was like, you get a shoe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, totally. you, you quiet down and you get the shoe. Um, but but for real, it, it's, 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 it's that dysregulation that sometimes I'll even look to my partner and be like, we're going to walk away. Yeah. We're going to regulate. Yep. We're going to breathe. We're not going to be the children. We're going to be the adults. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying is like this, yeah. this, the, the frenzy and the chaos of mm-hmm. the industry, mm-hmm. the adult right. industry right. Um, of Hollywood is kind of like dysregulating to 
a stage parent. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like they don't get that opportunity to re-regulate themselves and then reapproach that conversation with the child, right? right so like right. if my kid was throwing a tantrum, right. if I knew how to regulate, I'd come back and say, how do I reapproach it? Yeah. But but it is when you're saying like, how does a stage parent who's leveraged everything re-regulate themselves 10 years down the line mm -hmm. when the child's like thinking about college or, you know, mm -hmm. just yeah, not booking. And, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are some really hard conversations. And so you guys are a resource for that. I mean, you're a resource for everything. I want to be very truly, clear. It just truly, seems like truly. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Where do you think your jurisdiction is when it comes to being on set? Do you think that that's valuable? It is. It is. And so we've had experiences where we've been on set before to support young performers and to just support the production, but by and large that young performer, but it really depends on the studios reaching out to us and people oh. in the industry reaching out. Okay. So saying, how does that work? How, yeah. do, how would that, how would we get you guys on set on every single set with a child? Yeah. So people would just need to reach out and have a conversation with us. On and, the studio side? Yeah, okay. on the studio side and really learn about the services that we do. And again, we do have some studio partners that are phenomenal and are really forward thinking in this, but we want to expand that. And, and you know, I can go on set, different staff members can go on set and really provide that support for a young performer to help them just navigate the daily life of being on set. And same with the parents as Who well. Who funds that, Chris? Yeah, so the studios have funded that. Okay, so, but yeah. if they're signing the paychecks, does mm -hmm. that, is that a conflict of interest? See, that's a great question. Yeah. So, but as a social worker, like we have our own code of ethics and uh, which we have to uphold. And like, we're not necessarily like, although the studios will fund that, okay. like we are there as our private organization. So mm -hmm. we wouldn't necessarily work for said company. Okay. Our, our duty is to the kid first by like, like bottom line is to the kid. And so what's the incentivization? These are the hard questions, yeah, I'm sorry, uh -huh. but yeah, you're, no, you're no. beautifully yeah. answering them and I love <laughs> hearing you. this. Um, what is the incentivization for the studios to invest in having you guys on set? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the incentive for them to do that is this can support the kid in the long haul. So if I were to come onto a set and talk to a kid about mental health, what are stressors? What are common stressors in the industry? How to navigate social media and reading the comments and the impact of the comments. If I were to do a whole little mental health workshop on the kid and that kid never reaches out again or the studio doesn't have any issues, great. But if we were to come on and that kid were to have issues down the road, they already know who to reach out to. Mm -hmm. So it supports the whole ecosystem. It supports the studio to help the kid be able to maintain their, their job, their performance. Then it helps the kid to, to ensure that while they're working and even after while they're working, that they have a support. And we can also help support after the, the show has ended which we know that that's often a, a very challenging time because once the show ends, I mean, you know, it's a grief experience. And I don't know if enough people are really using that word for it. That like- I love that you said that. Yeah, I also, yeah. I also wanna get back to one thing before yeah, I go yeah. to that. Um, so you're calling them kids. Yeah. I tend to call them child laborers. I don't mean it that mm -hmm. I don't see them as children. Yeah. But I think that it's been very useful for my healing process, Chris, mm -hmm. to say there was labor done there. Absolutely. And so when we talk about incentivizing mm -hmm. massive conglomerates and these studios, mm -hmm. um, especially in the wake of the strike with 
residuals because those kids don't get that time back. Mm -hmm. You know, it's one thing to get residuals, mm -hmm. you know, and, and yeah, we're, we're lucky that we get those residuals. I, like sure. we did, I, I got residuals for 10 years after, right? Okay. And they kept yeah. replaying my shows. Right. So that helped me sustain myself for a really long time. Right. But you can't put a price on the childhood. Uh, you can't do that. The residuals Absolutely. don't justify it, don't. right? So the experience of itself is the most important thing, whether right. the studio believes it or not. Right. Vis-a-vis -vis mm -hmm. the labor aspect of that is where it comes in and, and the mm -hmm. humanity of the, 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 the environment of the labor. Mm -hmm. So again, what is the incentivization for, for them to see it? Not just, okay, it's kids and we got to do the right thing by kids, but it's like, they yeah. don't see it like that necessarily. Yeah. Because yeah. this business is like that. So how, how do you speak to somebody? How do you touch on, how do you touch them? <laughs> oh <my laughs> the gosh. studio, the studio. <laughs> it's, it, I, I feel like that's such a, that's such a big and like valid, but interesting question. And I think there, there are the appeals for the, the head of, you know, this is better for business. And these are, these are workers. These are children who are working and this is good for your employee. And then there's the appeal to the heart of we're going to support this kid to grow up into a healthy young adult and and hope that they can thrive in whatever they do. Mm -hmm. Because we see a lot of kids who are no longer in the industry. They're working in the industry and then when they are 18, 20, they decide that they want to do something else or there are kids who and are child laborers or child uh, performers However, yeah. who decide that they kind of want to do it but maybe want to do something else in the industry, get into a different role in the industry. And then we have kids who just continue full throttle with their industry careers. And so I think it goes back to really taking steps to ensure that no matter what they do in life, that they have a solid foundation. Because again, we know that like, oftentimes these kids are on set schooling, they might miss out on the proms and just yeah. some of those like other social aspects that mm -hmm. might really help with that development. Mm -hmm. So I feel like our program could be that, like an addendum to that, to help them with those um, that socialization and, and learning on like mental health and stress, and then just having a community that wants to keep up with them. Let's talk about 20 years, the celebration that's coming up. Yes, yes, yes. I'm so excited. The, you know, we've had to move the date around because of the strike. Right, right. Um, to be compliant and supportive. But I mean, I am super excited. Yes. You know, I signed I up. I love for, that I, excitement. I'm signing up for all. <laughs> I volunteer for everything. I am that type A, try hard theater kid. <laughs> Um, but literally, I, I I think I was just so impressed with our last advisory board, um, like Zoom meeting. Yeah. Uh -huh. But I was just like, oh, my gosh, I want to help get the word out as much <laughs> as possible and raise the money. What are we doing? What are we doing with this 20 yeah. year anniversary? So I love it. I love it. So this year is our 20 year anniversary. And next year, we're planning on having a big celebration to really honor the work that the program has done and the connections that we've made and like the community that we've built. So we're looking to raise funds to really support that effort and um, really just bring people out and tell the story. And tell the story because, you know, a lot of people and as you know, like feel that the the story of a young performer is just one lane, you yeah. know, and our program, I feel really runs counter to that. I think about the conversation I had with a young performer recently who's gone into nursing now and talked about how much they love nursing or another person who's doing peace and justice work and they still kind of have their toe in entertainment. Mm -hmm. And there are so many stories like that in our program and we want to be able to tell 
the full story of what it means to be a young performer. Well, and also what it means to be a young performer with help. Exactly, exactly. That's it, Christy. Look <laughs> at you. Look at you. Yeah. Let's spin it. it. Let's do it. No, but really, though, like what what it could look like. Yeah, what it could what it look could like. Be. And yeah. and you know, like, and I, I go back to, and it's just been so amazing in this job. Like since I've been here for nine years, the amount of kids who will reach back out there in their early 20s, hey Chris, this is an update on my life. Or hey Chris, you know, I'm kind of going through a rough spot and I really didn't know who to reach out to, but I know looking ahead would always be there for me. So I'm going to reach out. And it's just, it's so powerful. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that warm, caring community of adults to really help them thrive, whether they're an entertainer or a soccer player or just a person. So that's what we are. And that's what we really want to highlight at Mm -hmm. our at our 20 year anniversary. And we just wanna have a party too. Just yes, have people come out and celebrate us. But we need sponsorships and we need donations. How do we, yeah. how do we get that? How do we get those? Yeah, so uh, great. I would I would say reach out to us, lookingaheadprogram.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have our uh, Instagram page. You can reach out to follow, us via that way. Yeah. Definitely follow. And um, the Entertainment Community Fund as a whole, you can reach out to us. We're at a, a Life in the Arts. So just reach out, reach out, send us an email and mm-hmm. we can absolutely connect you with the right department to get you on board with how to support our efforts. I'm so excited. I'm so yeah. excited to have the party too. <laughs> I love I, I love your enthusiasm and it's just great to have you like being a part of this. It's just it's I look I know Chris I'm not the most polished um what? person. No, but you know, it's like, I feel like for a lot of my life, I tried to put on airs to be like the most polished person when it came to everything that I tried to do. And I, I really tried to be the most mm-hmm. high performing mm-hmm. version of myself. But when I when I when I did find that there was the community, I felt like I let I needed to perform less and and to really just feel like to be of service to that community. Totally. I I'm I'm so grateful that 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 looking ahead is still as active and even in, in the future of what it could be mm-hmm. with with now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Honestly, do you think if there was any kind of a legislation movement towards you know, like protecting kids to a certain degree, would Looking Head want to be a part of that conversation? We would absolutely want to be a part you of would? that conversation. Yeah, you know, okay. and I, I think like, so for us as a nonprofit, we are, we, we want to stay very well aware of like everything that pertains to people in the entertainment industry and then specifically young performers. So I think we should absolutely have a seat at that table and just be able to share our experiences and our insights with that. We are, um, we've heard different points about different legislation and mm-hmm. there's an unclaimed Coogan law Mm-hmm. Like, and we are, we just want to support. And data, data. We just talked about how the, the, the it's Lisa Rappaport. Yep. Uh-huh. And um, you said it was 25 year old mm-hmm. document. I recently read it and um, it does need to be revised because yeah. there's streaming services. It's not just film and TV, it's reality. It's, right. it's sometimes it leaks into new media because I will be honest with you, mm-hmm. I've gotten my healthcare from SAG because mm. of the new media contract. Okay. So okay. that would technically mean that if a SAG actor got enough sponsored deals as a minor, mm. they could technically be getting the benefits of the SAG healthcare system. Uh, okay. And so if you kind of think about that, it does have to be a union person that's qualifying for that kind mm. of like resource for you guys, mm-hmm. but the but the legislation would protect your constituent or your mm-hmm. person that you're 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 helping, right? Mm-hmm. So somehow like a family vlogging, you know, empire Mm -hmm. who happens to also be SAG would technically be under your 
you know, realm of expertise. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I do. I think mm-hmm. that they are different. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think that they're very different yeah. beasts. You know, the 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 family vlogging thing that people kind of try to always tie into the idea sure. of child acting. Sure. Um, it's it's a very modern thing that right. people keep bringing up, right. and that I've seen because legislation was just passed. Um, was it was it Iowa? Illinois. It was Illinois. Illinois. Well, you would know, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in Illinois, we just saw that, and that's going to be the trend. It's going to yeah. trend upwards. It seems like to so just it's topical. I mean, it's 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 really interesting. Like, so we will work with like people who are members of the union can join our program, and we haven't crossed that threshold to work with influencers. And I think just as an organization, really trying to figure that out of what that looks like to to support all kids and then just people who are in this influencer realm. And I feel like mm-hmm. right now, and I think we're all kind of on the same boat of like, what does this really look like? I, I know mean, we are totally like that. We need to come yeah. together and just like, mm-hmm. and like work it out. I yeah. know. I, I, that's why I was like, I know it's a party, but it's also going to be a round table <laughs> right. discussion. Right. Right. I well, think there should be breakaway conversations, Chris. I'm pitching it right now. No, I mean, I would love to hear I think that. it should be like a weekend where we actually invite a bunch of people. I think it. I think it could not necessarily be yeah, a weekend, but yeah. I no. I hear, I hear that. Okay. Well, and and you know, I I think like the part that I glom onto with what you're saying is the fact of of us being that real support and that that leader in related to kids to kids issues and like you know these these are high performing kids. I feel like the kids who are also like um, influencers and they need to be protected too. Do I know all the ways that they should be protected? No, I don't. I think people are trying to figure that out, as we said, but like, I think- But if you don't have the conversations- Exactly. It's never gonna create yeah, yeah, yeah. new pathways for advocacy. Exactly. <sighs> I love it. Yeah, I love I it. I love there's just so about much it. to do. There's there's so much. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, it, but it, if, yes, of course, thank yeah. you. And also too, like, I just, if I ever become a problem, I wanna, I wanna be very public with this, if I ever become a problem for one reason or another, I will step away from all of it. Mm-hmm. I know how careful mm-hmm. it is to have your kid, think about it this way. There's a kid in a room with a with an adult. Mm-hmm. Do you trust that adult? And so right. that's how it's like, I would trust you as my kids, Chris. Right. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's mm-hmm. like, I want people to feel that way about me. And yeah. so when I talk about this, I am very impassioned about it. So I would just never put any of this in harm's way. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I, I, yeah. I believe in it and I just want to support anyway. Well, you know, and I, I thank you for saying that. And like, <laughs> that's also why, like, I, I feel like we go through rigorous steps. We want everybody who's around the kids or on our advisory committee to ha- go through a background check. Yep. And we just want to make sure that everyone is upright, everybody who comes in our community. But going back to a point that you said earlier about like kind of performing and feeling like you always need to be on. I really appreciate you saying that because again, that's all of us, but the benefit of any community is being able to have that diversity within the community. Mm -hmm. So some people are over here, some people are over here, Mm -hmm. but we can all come together around a similar cause. And I think that's what the advisory committee is. That's that's the kids in our program too, Mm -hmm. like- And those kids I feel like will end up becoming the future voices of looking ahead. They They will be. They're in this world. They are, they've turned into that. I'm loving that. I'm loving that. And, and giving them, and giving them the, the, you know, the weekend a year Mm -hmm. where they can come and create the anecdotes and the, which becomes data. Yeah. This is what I think is the Mm -hmm. most important takeaway too, is like, we don't have enough data because Mm -hmm. if you had the data, if you knew that the majority of kids in the industry were, were having certain stressors 
that led to mental health mm-hmm. issues on some spectrum, some right. level, if you knew the majority as mm-hmm. a parent, mm-hmm. would you say to yourself, okay, I with with good faith, I can know that my kid's gonna be okay on set and I walk away. Yeah, I'm just saying like, and that's very, and I'm, and I'm by the way, sanitizing that a lot because you're here, I'm on my good behavior. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the after conversation without Chris the cameras and six. the mics. Chris on page six. <laughs> oh God, no, no. Not ready for that. No, no, we're not. That's not the amplification we want. Chris, thank you so much for coming on Vulnerable. This was such a blessing and um, I, 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 I care for you greatly. Thank you so much, Christy. Like truly, like I just appreciate your involvement and like your true genuine concern. And thank you for just shining a spotlight on us. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for watching this episode of The Vulnerable Podcast. To check out clips from the pod, check out the Vulnerable Podcast Clips channel and the YouTube link is in the description. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.